0: Welcome to the We Are Money podcast. This is Brad Beasley, and and I'd uh, like to welcome you guys all in. Here today with me, as always, is David. Good morning, Dave.
1: Good morning, Brad. How are you doing?
0: Just fine, sir. How are you? Doing all right. All right. Are you ready to fly away today to the Opportunity Zone?
1: Highway to the Opportunity Zone. No danger here. Well,
0: there's a lot of danger if you actually read the rules, though, unfortunately. seems like.
1: I know, but it's not like flying an F-14 with Goose and Maverick.
0: Not quite. So, are, am I Maverick or are you, Goose, or what? Are you more like Iceman or what are you, Dave?
1: Um, I think Holly, Hollywood. You're like Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Where do he go? Where who go? Where who go? <laughs>
0: you know, um, I think it's uh, I think I'm a lot more like Iceman, especially with my shirt off. You know, playing volleyball on the yeah. beach. That's kind of what I look like. Yep. Yeah. Um,
1: but you are know. are you dangerous? I am dangerous. <laughs>
0: Well, today we're going to talk about uh, one of our tax topics is going to be investments in opportunity zones, and opportunity zones uh, is a new piece of legislation that uh, came across during the Tax Creation and Jobs Act of 2017. And so with us today are two uh, experts in the area, uh, Christopher Salcedo, who's a CPA uh, with Beasley-Mitchell Company and a partner, and Lourdes Vanier, who is also one of our tax specialists at Beasley-Mitchell Company. And so welcome, guys. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, David, for having us.
2: Hello, Brad and David. Thank you for inviting us.
0: Hey, well, we're glad to have you guys in the studio. It's always nice to have somebody other than David to look at uh, in the studio, so that's always fun. So, Christopher, (laughs) talk to me about uh, Opportunity Zones. What uh, what are they and what are they talking about here?
3: Well, Brad, as you said, the Qualified Opportunity Zone gives individuals and businesses the opportunity to be part of a distressed community, help spur some economic development and job creation in those zones which have been deemed by... Um, to be a little down on their on their luck, we'll call it, and so it gives them also the opportunity to, as an investor, to benefit by deferring some tax and also exclusion some gains. So
0: now, what happens? So, like, Lourdes, talk to me about the mechanics. We're basically these are areas that are typically distressed communities and distressed parts of the community. So. When um, one of the investors of one uh, of clients call up and say, "Hey, Lourdes, I've got a hundred thousand dollars. I want to invest in opportunity zone." Kind of, what are you telling them?
2: Well, exactly. The the people that wants to invest in this type of zones, even if they are distressed, by coming or bringing people to invest, they are gonna help the community to increase their basis, their cost, and the whole community will benefit and the investors will benefit. So the first thing that they will do is um, to locate or to find what is the area that they think that they would like to invest. It could be a set of uh, properties for rentals, it could be a set of commercials, or just a land that they could uh, see, see in the future to build up and to create something good for the community and at the same time to benefit themselves.
0: Right. And so these these zones, I know that there's, what, 600 or something like that around the whole country. You know, Christopher, where do we typically find, if, if somebody's interested, where do we find where those zones
3: are? The IRS gives you availability to go ahead and not only find those zones, but also find some qualified opportunity um, um, properties that have already been set up previously. Like funds. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can self-certify your own qualified opportunity zone but these funds that have already been set up, the IRS gives us a listing of those and you can find those online. So then once I've
0: invested in an opportunity zone and what are the tax benefits Lourdes uh, of, of rolling some gains or rolling some of the, uh, some money into this opportunity zone, it, it seems like from what I read, there are these substantial changes. Uh, and like I said, either one of you can answer, um, you know what are some of the substantial changes and things you can get by, op- by investing in Opportunity Zone?
2: Well, the first thing that I will say is that by investing the money that you are able to defer. Let's say that you are selling something okay. and you have a gain on that sale and you decided to put the money, the gain into an Opportunity Zone and invest. The government will allow you to defer the gain. That means that Let's say in 2019, you don't have to pay the gains for that sale because the money is being used in investing on, a, on an opportunity zone.
0: Okay, so if I have a $100,000 gain that I had from a sale of property or stock, um, then I can take that 100000 use it to invest in a property and opportunity zone, and the gain is free forever?
3: You have to invest it within 180 days. Okay. And the gain is realized on the earlier of you either sell it, selling that Qualified Opportunity Zone property or on. December 31st, 2016. Uh, 26. 26, 26. 26. Sorry. Um, 20, 2016? 26. 26, 2016,
0: sorry. 26? 26. <laughs> there 26. I mean, yeah, there <laughs> you go. No, so, and, and, and one of the things that we've seen is that you also, you end up recognizing over time, uh, what, 15% or something like that, 5% in one year and 10% in another?
2: So, exactly. So, the first step will be Number one, the exclusion of the gain that you had. Mm -hmm. And then if you use the money, like I mentioned before, you invested in this Opportunity zone and you leave the money there for, let's say, five years, then you will exclude 10% of that gain that you invested. Okay. That's the first step. If you leave the money for seven years, then it will be 15% of that, the first gain Mm -hmm. that you will exclude as a gain. They say forever, and then the third one, the third step will be um, if you maintain the money invested for ten years, you are completely stop up in basis. I mean, you are not you're excluding the whole thing.
0: See, that's amazing to me. Is that we put in some gain? I can put in ten or fifteen thousand dollars of gain on a property. It goes up by a million dollars in value because of all the stuff that's going on, and I can still and I can exclude the gain. That's like that's like free money.
1: Exactly. This sounds like almost a new thing. I'm trying to, I always try to equate something new to something that we've already had in the code. And this seems like almost like an expansion similar to what a like kind exchange did, but with different bells and whistles.
3: I would agree, David. Much like the 1031 exchange, you're deferring the gain, but this one also gives you the opportunity to have a complete step up in basis after that 10 years, which is um, far greater than the 1031 exchange rules ever allowed.
1: Now, if I don't have any property to sell that I haven't sold, but I'd like to invest in opportunity zones, is there anything additionally there that that is available for me?
2: Hmm, that's a good question. What do you think? What do you think, Christopher? Mm-hmm.
3: You would still be able to invest in the qualified opportunity zones. You don't have the gain to defer, but you still have the opportunity to um, possibly defer or exclude any gains that are going to be realized on that qualified opportunity zone that you ahead and invest in.
0: Now, my understanding too, is that it doesn't matter whether you roll in $1 of gain or a million dollars worth of gain, you still get that exclusion on the upward depreciation of the property. And so this thing kind of seems like a a really good place for a lot of people to park and the fact that it can also be stock gains. Because before we had the like kind exchange rules and it was real estate for real estate. Now I can take my gain on selling, well, Apple stock's been down. So I'm not going to call it Apple stock. Let's, you know, call it some other stock so if i had a stock gain and i sold it then i could take that stock gain and roll it into a piece of land that's unheard of in the code
2: yes exactly this is a great opportunity to invest to think about the future how many years you want to use the money to be invested either uh, you know in a in a piece of property for rentals in a commercial place And just, this is a a very good opportunity for anybody, not just great investors, people that has a lot of money, but any other individuals will be benefiting from this.
0: What I love about this is that it's kind of, Christopher, I don't know what you're doing with your clients. One of the thoughts I was thinking is, it's kind of like this back in safe harbor where a client calls you and say, hey, I sold a piece of property. I have a whole lot of gain. I didn't do a 1031 exchange man, how do I not pay tax on this gain?
3: Right. Uh, With the 1031 exchange, oftentimes you had to use a qualified intermediary. In this one, you have the 180 days to decide after the fact, even if you haven't gone through those kind of steps. So you have plenty of time uh, to get those calls from your clients if they're inquiring about it. And they can go, as we said before, look it up on the IRS website. There's availability for those funds. And they can also self-certify their own qualified opportunity zone if they find it fitting.
1: So it sounds like if you want to get into it, you can either look for property that fits within that definition, or it sounds like from what I was hearing that there's also some like funds and investment type vehicles through like different brokers that are handling this to if I just want to put money in and I don't want to go collect rent or develop property, I think I have some options there, don't I?
2: Yes, you do. You have several options. I think that uh, the first thing that you need to do is contact your CBA and try to look into this uh, opportunity don't let don't wait too long and uh, you're gonna great have a great investment
0: well i think you guys are 100 percent accurate and i really appreciate you guys coming by today and talk about the opportunity zones there really is a lot of opportunity with this and so super excited to have you guys christopher and Lourdes. thanks hey will you guys hang out for for my next favorite segment which is uh if brad rules the world of course all right sounds good here we, look,
2: we go we look forward It's time for
1: If Brad Ruled the World.
0: Sounds good. Natalie, my favorite segment, Brad Ruled the World. Mm -hmm. Will you please, uh, now your job here is you're going to give me five questions that I've never seen before. And I promise to the audience, those of you on YouTube, you can see, I promise that I have not seen these before.
4: That's correct.
0: Okay. Let's see. Fire away.
4: All right. So the word accountant comes from the French word compter, which means to count or score. If you could give a new meaning to the word accountant, what would it be?
0: A new meaning to the word accountant. I'm thinking it's more along the lines of the Ben Affleck in the movie, The Accountant. So maybe it's like, you know, financial assassin. Maybe it's just a financially creative person, you know, something. Uh, the definition of what an accountant is has, has changed. I mean, I think that people used to think that uh, the accountant was the guy with the green eye shade and kind of boring. And now, you know, some of those are like that, you know, Salcedo a little like that.
1: Well, now we have blue eye shades.
0: (coughs) Yeah. We've upgraded to blue eye shades. Some have red eye shades. It's a little prettier. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, it's, that's migrated to now where we're more uh, consultants. We're having to do a lot of different, different things. And so I think that the word, Accountant is not really indicative of kind of what we do. I like the Spanish version, right? The Spanish word? Contador. 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 <laughs> that <laughs> well, that sounds guess. so much better <laughs> than uh, accountant. Like it just sounds so much. I, I think we do go with that. Let's switch it to Spanish and go with contador.
1: So, uh, certified public contador. Si. <laughs> <laughs>
2: contador, awesome. de public accountant. Oh, that's even better. Wait,
0: say it again, Lourdes. Say
2: it again. Contador, de public account.
0: Ooh, man. That should be a novella. Yeah. That should be a novella. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. Go ahead. All
4: right. So question number two, celebrities such as Mick Jagger, Eddie Izzard, John Grisham, and Kenny G studied to be accountants. If you could turn any celebrity into a CPA, who would it be and why?
0: Any celebrity into a CPA? Hmm. Any celebrity into a CPA? Little Wayne. Yeah. Little, little Wayne? Yeah. So instead, oh. of,
1: instead of like that big... He's the one with the clock, right?
0: Is he the one with the clock? No, he's right? not the one with the clock. So. No. <laughs> who's the one that says, okay? Who's that? Little John. Little John. <laughs> that him. Him too. Yeah, I could just see him with, you know... Every see. question is just, okay. Okay. Can I deduct
1: what? this, Christopher? <laughs> okay. <laughs> who's the guy that has the big clock there? Do you know what I'm talking about? yeah Flava Flav. Flava Flav. Right. See, right. I want, yeah. I'd want him because then he could have like a big adding machine around his neck and just like... like Uh. Yes, And so he's like, let me run that number. Or I'd want to have a sports star, somebody that I want to hear about like, well, you can't do basketball because those guys don't go to college for that long. But like your pro football players, like you hear they majored in like criminal justice or marketing or something there. I'd want one that was like a CPA. And so then he comes out and talks about how he's restructured his, uh, his deal to, to make it work. The, the best one that did that, of course, is Bobby Bonilla that ever did that.
0: Right, yeah, Bobby Bonilla. That's interesting, Dave. So Bobby Bonilla was a baseball player, for those of you that may not know, who played for the Mets. And his, uh, his dad was a CPA and was negotiating his last contract with the Mets. And so what he said is, hey, Mets, you don't need to pay me whatever was going to get paid. It was like 10 million bucks a year for like a four-year contract, right? What he said is only pay me $5 million a year okay, for this length, this contract. But then after I'm done, you pay me a million dollars a year for the rest of my life. And they said, oh, that's a great deal. So every day, July 1st is now officially Bobby, Bobby Bonilla, Bonilla Day because he gets a million dollars. And now they've outlawed that. You can't do that anymore in Major League Baseball. But it was
1: so. a br- brilliant move. Brilliant move brilliant on his move. part. Yes. He set up <laughs> for the
0: rest of his life and it was, it was a really good deal. So, okay, sounds good.
4: All right, so moving on to our third question. Our national anthem is outdated and we need a new one. Which song would you choose to become our new national anthem?
0: Oh, uh, wow. Well, one, I don't think our national anthem is outdated. I I think it's fantastic and it's hard to sing. Um, but what I would go with is let's see, what type of song would be a great national anthem? Um, what do you think, Christopher? That's
2: I'm, a tough
1: one. That is a really
0: hard one. I'm not to I, think. I,
1: you know, here, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll give me some ideas just, just to get trying to my first one is is baby shark i think baby <laughs> shark because then you go through the whole states you know u.s state date 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 u.s yeah. state date date and all that stuff Ooh, i like
0: that one it would take so long to get to new mexico though at the end and <laughs> yep. we'd just be tired that's
1: okay you get through arizona alaska and you'd be like uh okay, and the gonna. end <laughs> okay christopher what do you
2: think
3: I, I like that one. I have three kids, so Baby Shark stands out to me. It's always ringing in my head. Anyways, everyone knows that song. That's a great one.
2: Okay, I would like to hear a little bit more of that song, David.
1: Yes, it's it's pretty good. I would I would
2: actually recommend
1: you to go hear the Tejano versions of those. Tejano those are the version. best.
0: Yes, they have a tambora and everything. It's just it's a really good it's it's really good time. So no, back to it. I think that you know honestly, I've always felt that uh, America, you know, uh, oh, beautiful for spacious guys forever waves of grain. I always thought that was a really good song that everybody should it could be our national anthem because it talks about how great America is and all that stuff. But we got to go with something more fun like, you know, Friends in Low Places. Or Born in the USA. Born in the USA, you know. Um,
2: there is actually a Spanish song that the name of the song is America.
0: Yes, by it, um, uh, Nino Luis Bra- Miguel. right oh, I he hear it from Nino Bravo, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. But
2: probably Luis Miguel had it. The new version, but it's a beautiful, gorgeous sun.
0: I like that one too. Let's get a Spanish flair today, Lourdes. Thank you for bringing <laughs> a lot of that in. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. Okay, so we'll go with we'll go with that one.
4: Sounds good. So question number four. The earth is dying and we need a new planet to colonize on and a new ruler for that planet. Which planet are we colonizing on and who are you electing as its ruler?
0: Well, I'm going to rule the world wherever I go, so I'm going to definitely be the ruler. But now we're talking about who would be the vice ruler. So let me just, let's see the first one. We're going to get on a rocket. We're going to go to a different world. Um, you know, there was the deal I was watching on the Discovery Channel. It's a fantastic deal of how the universe works. And there is a planet that they found that has so much compressed carbon that it's actually a diamond planet. It is all diamonds, the whole place. Okay. Be a little bit rough to walk on, probably hard to build on, on that kind of stuff. Probably not a whole lot of water. A lot of bling. A lot of, I mean, think about the bling. Right, I mean, you go back to little little Wayne on that one there. Little Wayne would be the ruler, <laughs> yes. And that would be fantastic. And um, then if the ladies wanted a wanted a bigger ring, they could just put a little ring on the ground and stick their hand in it, and there you go. I got your whole planet, baby.
2: Yeah. By it. the ruler, I believe it should be a, a woman.
0: Yes. Well, they would be. It would yes. be tough,
2: and everything would be a straight. Right?
0: Just my idea. That's true. Well, that's good, Lourdes. I like it. I like it.
1: I would have gone okay. with the metric ruler. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The metric ruler. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. I like that. Was not. Uh, was not gonna go with that one, but that's great. All right. Last one.
4: All right. Last one. This part. This question has two parts. So the first part. If you could get rid of one chain restaurant throughout the world, what would it be and why?
0: If I could get rid of one chain restaurant throughout the world, I gotta make sure that there's none of my clients here and what are we going to
1: or any potential clients that... <laughs> <laughs> I was going <laughs> to bring you all of arby's stuff but you said arby's so, yeah, no. so we're not we're going to pass on that um,
0: but I do like arby's uh so that's good arby's is really good um one chain restaurant to get to get rid of
4: or um, if you'd rather save one chain restaurant which one would you save? save and it would be the only chain restaurant in the entire world
0: oh so this is like demolition man where, where taco bell ends up being in charge of the entire
1: yeah cuz they won the fast food wars. they won the right? fast food wars Yes. Okay.
0: Um, you know, In-N-Out Burger would be one to save. Um, it's just got a little bit less variety, but boy, for somebody that doesn't have In-N-Out Burger near them, I sure do love my In-N-Out Burger.
1: Yeah. I, I like that place because you, when you go there, you've already decided what you're going to get. You're going to get a hamburger, some sort of fries and a drink. I don't have to go through a whole menu of <laughs> stuff. To now,
0: get. now you have a lot of problems with restaurants, David. So Does In-N-Out Burger ever screw up your order?
1: In-N-Out Burger so far is batting a thousand. They get it right every time.
0: Okay. Because usually like when I've gone with you, you've ordered like the number one Big Mac's large fries and cheese, and you come back with a
1: Chick-fil-A sandwich. Yeah. Somehow it's like stuff that's not even on the menu appears. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good.
4: All right. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. All
1: right. Well, that's what you
0: guys got to learn about Brad ruling the world. Now we get to move on to David's favorite segment. Which is the little segment we like to call David's Legal Corner.
3: The information contained on David's Legal Corner is provided as a general public service. The listeners, if any, are advised to check for changes to current law and to consult with an attorney. David's legal corner may provide information on the issues of the issuance of securities, but in no way, whatsoever, shall provide or issue any offer for the sale or promotion of any security, registered security, unregistered security, private security, armed security, sense of security, security force, security fencing, security blanket, security lights, security camera, or security action. David's legal corner may provide a false sense of security, which is really no security at all, and the listener by listening fully consents to have been warned that you have no security other than properly secured securities secured by security securely
1: <laughs> so we have uh
0: all that, i know is i feel completely insecure at the moment perfect That's, <laughs>
1: that was the goal of that part was, well, to, thank was to do that so thank you well, what we're going to talk about real quick is a couple things that, that we always get into um kind of on the fringes a little bit here but um dealing with securities as you could tell from the the disclaimer um so generally, people always are wondering, well, well, what is a security? You know, I've never dealt with one. Well, if you have a stock portfolio, everything that you're buying on the stock market is technically a security. It's an investment that, that you've made. It's, it's not a business or anything that you're actually really working in, but it is a, an investment of money that you're hoping to get a return of some sort. So what's become really interesting is with all these GoFundMe pages, these um, other types of things right off the internet, is a lot of these that you're actually buying into are technically securities. Even if they are what's called private placements, private offerings in that, they still have certain rules that you have to apply, that you have to go into, and um, certain things that you have to comply with, with whether it's your state securities commission or the, the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, not the Southeastern Conference, Brad.
0: Well, that's, that's what I was thinking was they don't regulate stock transactions. The, the, SEC, the, the, uh, the Southeast, uh, Southeastern Conference doesn't doesn't regulate well, stock Nick, transactions. Nick
1: Saban might, but the rest of the coaches don't. Okay, okay. And you know that so maybe just Alabama and that, but that's that's <laughs> about it there. And and so what we run into a lot here is people are saying, well, I need to get investors. You know, I have this great idea. I want to get some investors and in, and um and get that funded. Um, that's great. That's that's one way of funding it. You're funding it through there through doing getting investors or you're getting loans investors is nice because you really don't have that immediate payout that you're, that you're working on. However, once you start doing that, you need to go and check with an attorney to make sure that, that what you're doing does not violate state or federal securities laws because there are great, really large penalties for, for doing so. And Brad, so I know that you've helped out with some clients that have, that have gotten into there and it's really important to do this right from the beginning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to, to set up your private placement memorandum and having that discussion early on. And so one of my clients always described it as this with the private placement memorandum is that it says that there's risk. It tells you there's risk. It tells you again, there's risk and it reiterates that there's risk involved in any transaction.
1: Correct. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the main point of it is, is saying that, that you're putting in money, you may lose it all because if you don't tell them that, then the risk is that you can come, that they can then come back and after the money is gone, come back and say, You didn't tell me there was risk here so i get my money back and this stems all the way back from the stock market crash back in 1929 and that and the legislation that followed all of that Mm -hmm.
0: october 28th 1929 actually my day before my birthday well you know
1: 50 years later
0: (laughs) 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 but the same deal um you know and so when we're talking about those isn't there a concept day that a lot of these private placement memorandums and this is what we uh discuss a lot with our clients when they go out and they try to get investors and they say well I'm gonna have my investors. I'm gonna to try to get some more people, but I also have my cousin and my, you know, girlfriend's brother and all these other people. Isn't there this concept of an accredited investor?
1: Yep, and and there's so many different rules and so many different um, exemptions that you have in here. Um, usually, what the the main one that people fall under are what are called accredited investors, and so that that is generally people that have really the knowledge of investing that they can make an informed decision and also have the funds that they can to make a a certain decision. And so generally it's about a million dollars of assets, excluding your home. And then it is also that they have significant investment experience to, to do that. So it's not somebody that just, you know, somebody that's never had much money, wins the lottery and then you can invest there. That's not somebody that technically be an accredited investor, but somebody that's involved in a lot of other investments has a lot of different, different things going on. Um, But each person is, is, is done differently. And the whole point is to make sure that the investor is protected.
0: So we've taken care of the investor. And now when we switch onto the other side, you know, Lourdes, I know you and I have worked on a lot of different situations where we have uh, investors in there. Typically, what are some of the questions or things that you think some investors end up asking when they're investing in something like some of these projects? What are some of the questions that they may have, um, you know, going into it?
2: I think one of the questions that uh, come out it will be like, uh, uh, "What is the the years of experience of this fund? How it went? Um, how did it the, through the years? Mm-hmm. Did they earn uh, in the long run? In the short run, it lost it. Yep. I mean, it, it's good to to know a little bit of the history of the fund, right? And that would be the first.
0: Statement. And obviously, if it's brand new, then they're going to be talking about the history of the people that are doing it and what's the product that they're doing. And those types of things.
2: Exactly. So you need to know a little bit of the industry, yep. what type of industry we are falling on, on this type of investment. And it's very important because uh, that's obvious that you need to know how is doing that industry in a whole. So I always, this is
1: because all these rules are actually what pop into my head. Anytime I watch shark tank. Yes. Cause I'm always trying to figure out, okay, because that's basically what they're doing is they're trying to buy a percentage of the company. They're not going to work in the company. They're not trying to do that. They're looking for a return. That's why the sharks on there. The, the sharks It's maybe for the public good, but they're trying to make money, which is fine. That's what they're trying to do. But how how do they invest in these companies and how do those... I'm always trying to think on how do do those get set up? You know, it's interesting. I've done
0: some reading on some of that, David, and it's a very interesting question that you bring up. First of all, if you notice when you're watching that show is that every commercial break, when it comes back, it always says, any discussions on here, anything that you're seeing is not an intent to buy, sell, or offer any type of securities. And so, because what happens is that if somebody walked in and said, hey, I'm selling 10% of my company... Uh, for a hundred thousand dollars, okay. Somebody sitting at home could say, "Hey, you're making an offering to everybody that's watching this show," so there you violate securities laws. So that's why they have that little disclaimer that starts in there. And actually, what happens is that there's a lot of back end information that happens with the Shark Tank, where a lot of times it's not, you know, you're you're not gonna, you know, if you're the the CPA for the person that's doing the shark stuff, right? You're not gonna have a K1 that says Mark Cuban, right, or yeah. Mr. Wonderful. You're not gonna have those K-1s are, you know, um, uh, and they're also through their private equity companies. And so a lot of times, Mark Cuban, Hershbeck, all those guys, they have their own private equity fund, That that's what they're using to invest in all these things to protect their own wealth.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just something to consider. If you got any questions on that, please be sure to reach out to us and, and we can try to help you the best we can, or we can make sure that you get pointed to the correct counsel that you need to to make sure that you're good on there.
0: Sounds good. Thank you, David. The next segment we're going to move into on the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. And I should say that David's Legal Corner is brought to you by Beasley Legal. Yes. You're full service, but not totally full service but, well, legal. Kind of,
1: yeah, full service on what we do, but, you know, there's certain things that we full don't do Full service
0: means that you actually do what you're going to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But not full service, like you don't offer haircuts, you don't offer, <laughs> no. you know.
1: No um, haircuts, no massages. Mm-hmm. Well, things
0: like that. I don't know, you know. I I probably would. That might be a good business plan for you.
1: Maybe, yeah.
0: So next segment is Best Code Ever, where we will have Natalie's going to read three sets of four laws, three are true, one is fake. So here we go with the best code ever.
1: Fibonacci. Binary. The internal revenue
0: code.
1: What will it allow the best code ever now? The best code ever now. All right, Natalie, you are up.
4: All right. So here is our first set of four laws. Number one, Parliament's famous Salmon Act of 1986 states that it's illegal to hold a salmon under suspicious circumstances. Number two, in Denmark, you must choose your baby's name from an approved list of 7,000 names. If your chosen name doesn't fall on that list, you must get approval from the government. Number three, in Quitman, Georgia, it is illegal for your chickens to cross the road. And finally, number four, in La Rose, Louisiana, it is illegal to carry babies in a harness if you're under the age of 21.
0: Okay, so three of these are true. One is fake, so we have to figure out which one is the fake one. David, which one do you think is the fake one?
1: The fake one that I would have to go... I, I would think that the chicken one has to be the fake one because I think I've heard of, of countries in Europe making you get approved, approved names. I know that like ones that they've denied before were like Apple and things like that.
0: And hit, like Hitler, I think. Yeah. Ones, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: that... um. The salmon one, I could, I could see that. Um, why? Because
0: salmon are naturally suspicious?
1: They are. Well, you we can't hold it under suspicious circumstances. Is there a
0: situation where you could hold a salmon on not suspicious circumstances? I, I'm wondering. I
1: assume if you're a chef. Maybe. As you're preparing it, you get to hold that. Um, but that's my guess. My guess is the chicken one. Because otherwise, then we wouldn't have this question of why did the chicken cross the road?
0: Well, they were in Georgia. So us, which one do you think is fake?
2: Look at that, uh, the second one in Denmark. In Denmark. Why do you have to have only 7,000 names that you can choose from?
0: Well, because 6,999 of them are Brad.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so at least gave you one other.
2: So that's, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure about that question. Okay. But at the same time, the number three, you know, that it's illegal for your chicken to cross the road. Come on, that's thats what they like to do, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's I'm going to go with the uh, baby baby carrier under 21 and that's just for probably some safety regulations so which one's fake
4: that's the fake one yes so you can legally carry a baby in a harness at any age
0: oh wow all right <laughs> <Good. Nice laughs> thank We're you learning something huh okay let's all see right. number two so
4: for set number two number one high heel shoes are illegal at historical monuments in greece number two in france it is illegal to name your pig after any heads of state <laughs> Number three, in the United States, it is illegal to keep your own severed body parts. Okay. And number four, in Milan, Italy, it is illegal for citizens to frown in public.
0: Frown in public in Milan. Okay, I'm sorry. I think the one where we have the pig being named after the head of state, you can't
1: do that. I think that's hilarious. Either way, whether that's real or fake, good job. Um, I think it's true though, because yeah. somebody would be like, ah, oh, you know, sacre bleu, you can't name me after the pig. You know, <laughs> I shake my fist at you. Uh-huh. You know, when it's, that's a terrible French <laughs> thing, but <laughs> yeah, that's all I can sacre do. Bleu. That's all we know. That's, that's all I know. That and we, Wee
0: Wee. all right. Well, not, now I have to, Wee oui, Wee. Oui. yeah,
1: that's it. <laughs>
0: um, so I'm going to say that the severed body parts is fake. That's my, that's my choice. It's severed body parts. Lourdes, what do you think?
2: Number four, I would think, in Milan, Italy, Italy, that is illegal to frown.
3: Illegal to why, frown?
2: Why? Why? Why would be that? Because we're happy. In Milan, I've been there, and I, 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 did bet you, you, that I, I bet you that I did several times.
0: You bet you did. Well, then you might be in You might be a criminal. <laughs> you, you might be a future different.
2: person. And I very uh, hide okay. myself.
0: All right. So which one's the fake one?
4: Um, so, the fake one, Brad, you're on a roll. In the United States, it's legal to keep your own severed body parts.
0: It is legal to keep your own severed your body own parts. Own ones. That sounds your good. Own your severed bo- own severed body you parts. You can't, so keep, can't somebody else's? keep somebody else's body parts? No. no.
4: Just, just, just your own. own. Okay. Just your own. Well, that's Which interesting. I think that's a, that's a pretty good law.
0: Which makes sense because it's like, I guess
1: I could keep my teeth and I could keep. We have our grandpa's teeth. So, <laughs> so of course, we can do that.
4: I once was looking through my grandmother's drawers and I found a. A bunch of rotten teeth that she had taken out in her drawer and it was the scariest thing on the planet. And I said, That's what I get for being nosy and looking through her drawers. I found wow. a bunch of rotten teeth. Wow,
0: oh, man. That's that's, cool. that's that's pretty that's pretty crazy. <laughs> we should make a law against that.
4: That's what I say.
0: Okay. What's the uh
4: All right, so we're one? on to our last set. Number one, in Florida, it is illegal to shoot small arms in your backyard. Number two, it is illegal to chew gum in Singapore. Number 3. In Boulder, Colorado, it is illegal to place boulders on public property.
1: Number 4.
4: It is illegal to drive a dirty car in Russia.
1: Okay, that's tough. The only one I know of that the fact is that is a true law is the Singapore because didn't that guy get caned for doing something like that? Yeah, I think like, it,
0: well, he was chewing gum and I think he was also spray painting something, but I think he also got in trouble for chewing gum. Yeah.
1: Too. yeah what's
4: so wrong about chewing gum they,
1: because it's it's trash if you've ever been to Singapore it's one of the cleanest cities in the world because because of that I mean they don't let you chew gum in public because it gets stuck different places and things like yeah,
0: that. And if you've ever been to New York you can't put your hands anywhere because there's gum everywhere
1: yeah huh. don't put your hand underneath a pole or anything there <laughs> I like
0: the I like I, I'm trying to figure out which one's the fake one here the the Florida small arms because I mean there's a lot of tiny people in in uh, Florida and I gotta <laughs> imagine that if you you know, shoot at small arms. They'd
1: be able to shoot me all the time. Oh, those are big. Those are big arms,
0: Dave. Yeah. Those are long arms. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, not small arms for sure. Um, I've got to go with the bad pun. I've got to go with the fact that boulders and boulder is fake.
1: I, I got to go there, but it's just, but boulder. It has, seems like something that that would be. It seems do like something that they
0: would do because
1: mm-hmm. people are like, we put all these boulders here because it's
4: boulder.
0: I don't know. They roll down the mountain. Oh, global warming. But are they
1: bold enough to do it? I don't know. Let's find out who's right. I think it's the boulder.
4: And neither of you are correct. So in Florida, it is legal to shoot small arms in your backyard.
0: Ah, okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's awesome. It's legal to shoot small arms in your backyard. Ooh, that's a, you know, we have a, I know, I know where we're from is you have to be a mile outside of the city, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And X amount of distance away from a house or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. So that's always interesting. So, well, great. Thank you for the best code ever. That's a lot of fun. So thank you very much for joining us today on the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell & Company and Beasley Legal and our new company, BMC Technologies, which has brought to you this great technology and streaming activity. So we thank them very much. So please check, check out our sponsors on the websites. And so... With that, we'd like to thank everybody for coming. David, do you have any parting shots or closing shots for us?
1: No, Um. we'll be back. We'll be working our way through tax season here. Good shout out and motivation out there to all the other tax preparers uh, until April 15th.
0: Yes, good luck. Uh, hopefully somebody can get some sun sometime because during tax season, we're typically vampires and work from what we call a lot of half days from 7, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So yep. with that, thank you guys very much. We are Money Podcast. You guys have a great week.